63 years. Wow, what a blessing. 63. I, I hope I live to be 63. And so what a blessing that is. So it's good to see you this morning. And uh, this morning we've been going through this series on salt and light. And we want to continue that today. These are, uh, these are a great study in the Word of God. I love there's so many different approaches to the Word of God. And uh, this series deals with what is, called, what is known as metaphors. And remember, we, we, we studied what, that we are salt and light. There, there's Brother Mrs. Chen. Happy anniversary, Brother Mrs. Chen. And uh, yeah, get this to him. Let's wish him a happy anniversary this morning. Stick, stick that in your pocket, Brother Chen. How many years, Mrs. Chen? 59. Hey, they're catching up to you guys. <laughs> 59 years. What a blessing. And so uh, next year is a big six zero. So we've, we've already looked at that, that the Lord likens us to salt and light. And then last week we talked about the Bible uses the word husbandman, which uh, basically we use the analogy or the metaphor that we're farmers. And remember how we talked about the soil, preparing the soil and and, and uh, the seed of the Word of God. Now today we're going to build on that with uh, one that is one that should be dear to us, and that is that we are to be a student of God's Word. Now it's, listen, it's so important that all of us understand this matter of growing, and the way we're going to grow as a Christian is through the Word of God. God's Word will help us. Look at this verse, 2 Timothy 2.15. Here's what the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto who? unto God, a workman. See, if you're going to study, it's going to require work. So a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And then here's, here's the part of the verse I've been using on Wednesday nights, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now that's what we need to do is we need to make sure we understand our Bibles. And so what we have to do, as I've explained on Wednesday nights, is the word there, rightly dividing, means to cut it straight, to make sure that, that we're not changing the word of God to make it to be what we want it to be. And as we study it, here's what we're going to find out is, we're going to find out this is what God has said in his word, and we need to take God at his word instead of trying to change it into what we want it to be. Sometimes when Christians get into these discussions, sometimes what happens is that many times instead of sticking to the truth, we start dealing with opinions. We start dealing with our own ideas. Now listen, don't get me wrong, it's good to have a healthy discussion about the Word of God as long as it's one that is done that's pleasing to the Lord, that is done in a biblical sense. We, we don't wanna stray from the truth. We wanna make sure that we are rightly dividing the Word of truth. Everybody with me this morning? So, so let's, let's think about this, being a student of the Word of God. And I want you to think about this because it says here that, that it, we would be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, when you think of a student, what do you think of? You think of someone that goes to school, right? See, that's our, that's our concept is, you know, boy, I, I'm glad I'm out of school so I don't have to study anymore, right? And I have found that I've learned more after I graduated from school than really I did when I was in school. <laughs> I've been teaching some things on Wednesday nights and some of it 
runs parallel to some things I taught in the, in the college when I was out in California. And my daughter is sitting in here, and you know, unfortunately my kids had to sit in on some of my college classes because I was an instructor at the college. And my daughter, she, she, you know, I, she said something to me one, one uh, Wednesday night about something I said in class. She goes, Dad, it's like sitting in college all over again. And I said, yeah, but it should be fine for you because you didn't listen the first time you were in college anyway, you know? But, but the reality is, look, whether you've learned this or not, one of the ladies in our church, she sent me a, a very nice email, and here's what she said. She said, Pastor, she said, I, I've, I've known these things for years, but it's been good for me to be reacquainted with them. And I think in our lives, we need to always be studying the Word of God. See, a student is not just someone that goes to school. Learning should never stop. Even after we graduate from school, we should be continuing to study the Word of God all of our lives. When you think about the Apostle Paul, and boy, when I think of Paul, I think of someone that knew the Scriptures. We're going to talk about that tonight. I hope you can join us this evening at 6 o'clock. We're going to get in. We're going to open the letter that we know in our Bible as the book of Romans. We're going to open that letter tonight. And we're going to talk about some of the things that Paul was able to share under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. When you think about our lives as Christians, I think about men like Paul who was in the sunset years of his life. Here he is, he's in prison. And look in your notes what he asked young Timothy to do for him. The Bible says that he says to him, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books especially the parchments. And you know what he's making reference to there? He says, look, I'm a little chilly. You know, when you get older, your thin gets, you know, skin gets thin and, and you get cold quicker, things like that. He says, I could use my coat, my cloak, but he says, listen, he says, I want you to bring the scriptures, the parchments, uh, the, the things that Paul had recorded on. Uh, it's nice for us today. We've got a nice leather-bound Bible with us today. But Paul told Timothy, he says, look, the thing that has helped me in my life is that even though I'm in the sunset of my life, I'm still studying the Word of God. And that's the way we need to be in our lives. Paul was a man that was mature in the faith. Paul had been used, think about this, he wrote much of the books that we call our New Testament, but what does he ask for? He's asking for the Word of God. You know what that means? Paul continued to learn. He continued to study the Word of God. And when we think about studying and being a student, I want you to write this first thought down this morning, is that all of us need to be students of principles. Now, when I say principles, again, I'm making reference to the Word of God. See, we need to live a principled life. Uh, our lives should be built on the Word of God. Your home should be built on the Word of God. And the purpose of studying God's principles, write it down, is twofold, okay? Number one is we study God's principles to change us. And the second reason we study God's principles is for growth. See, none of us have arrived. We all need God to continue this work in us that he has started when we got saved. But every one of us must acknowledge that there are some things in my life that need to be changed. And I need to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
what does God say in his word? That he wants to conform us into the image of who? Jesus, right? God wants us to be more like his own dear son. The, the word that we use for ourselves is called Christians. Well, when you think of conforming, listen, conforming means there's going to have to be a change. We've got to change to conform to that image. We are to be growing to spiritually mature in our lives, and there can be no genuine growth without an interchange. Let me say that again in case you're not listening. There can be no growth in your life, spiritual growth, without an interchange. Look what the Bible says of Ezra in Ezra 7.10. Ezra prepared his what? His heart. Now, there was a threefold step or process that Ezra followed, and it's right there in Ezra 7.10. Notice, he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to do it. So notice, first of all, the first step, if we're going to be a student of principle and we're going to follow the life and the example of Ezra, the first step is that we need to also prepare our hearts to seek. That's what the Bible says that Ezra did. He began seeking in the Word of God. You can't obey the Bible until you know it personally. Uh, we, ha we have a lady this morning that's coming to, uh, to follow the Lord in Believer's Baptism. We had two last Sunday. Hey, listen, I'm always excited when people are willing to obey what God has said in His Word. You know it pleases God? You think about the area of giving. Listen, God doesn't ask us to give, God commands us to give. The Bible says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse upon the first day of the week. Listen, when we do that, can I tell you this morning, God doesn't need your money, but what God does want is your obedience. See, a lot of times people think it's all about the money. It's not. If you can't obey God in, in what you give to him, then what else are you not going to be able to obey God in? And when I think about being a student of principles, we have to understand, just like Ezra, that we need to obey the word of God, the clear teachings. Look at Psalm 119, verse 11. You should know this verse. Thy word have I hid where? In my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. See, we need God's word in our lives. It's like, look, in our, in our, in our lives, sometimes we, a lot of you uh, drink coffee. Some of you drink this tea and what good is this tea bag unless you put it into some hot water and we know that once we put that tea bag in that hot water what's going to happen is that the contents that's inside this little bitty packet is going to permeate in this clear water and it's basically going to turn this water a dark color. It's going to give the flavors and the aroma that's inside this tea bag. Well, that's what happens when God's word comes into our lives. God's word, just like this tea bag, when God's word is placed into our lives, God's word begins to work in our lives, it begins to permeate in our lives. God's word changes us from the inside out. Are you with me this morning? God's word, listen, there's nothing in our lives as a student that will do more for us than what the Word of God can do because God's Word changes lives. The quality of our lives is determined by the quality of our hearts. So the question this morning is, what's in your heart? See, God's Word, thy Word 
have I hid in mine heart? See, God's word's in my heart. And, and can I tell you, out of the heart comes the issues of life. So look, if God's word is in your heart, God's word is in you, you're seeking God's word, then guess what's going to be coming out of you? See, but if we're filling our hearts with the things of this world, then guess what's going to be coming out of our hearts? And we have to be like Ezra. We have to be a student of principle, and we have to be seeking. We are blessed, certainly, to have God's Word. But can I tell you, having God's Word and reading it are two different things. I can't tell you how many times. I don't think it happens a lot in our church. But boy, when I traveled, I'd go into churches before the services, and we'd go in and get ready for the service. A lot of times I'd walk in, and there would be, Bibles all over the church in the pews. Now, part of that was, that was somebody saying, that's my seat, don't move my Bible. You know? But I think to myself, I wonder if the Bibles left in the pew all week, what are they reading? Now, the reality is, maybe they're like me. I have probably five, six Bibles, maybe more than that. A lot of people nowadays read the Bible electronically. But can I tell you that we need to be seeking the Word of God. We need to be uh, allowing the Word of God to saturate our lives and not ignoring it. Look what it says in Luke 12, 48. The last part of this verse says, Unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much what required. Has God given us much? Yeah. People say, boy, I, w- I, wish, uh, I wish God would have given us this. I wish God would have shared. Folks, what are we doing with what we have? Are we studying the word that we have? Are we, are we doing something with the word of God? Are we, are we understanding the principles of it? L- listen, the Bible warns us that there may come a day, and listen, we live in the United States of America that's changing every day. You know there may be a day where the Bible may not be as accessible as it is today. It can happen. You even see this in the Old Testament. Look at Amos wrote, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Now, a lot of times we think of famine, we think of food. But notice what Amos, Amos writes, Not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of God. How many of you think that's kind of like America today? Say, Pastor, how do you know that? Church houses aren't full. People are doing everything except wanting to seek the Lord and hear the principles of the Word of God. Isaiah 55, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. God's not playing hide and go seek. Look, God's given us his word. You know why? God wants us to find him. God wants us to know him. God wants us to know what his will is for our lives. God wants us to know that we can have a home in heaven someday. See, God's given us His Word. He's preserved it unto our generation. But what we have to do, look, it's one thing to have a Bible. It's another thing to actually read it, to study the principles of the Word of God. We need to seek God's Word while it is available. So be a student of principle. Ezra, the first step of his process was he sought. He sought the Word of God. But notice the second step. Not only did he seek the Lord with his heart, but notice the Bible says he, he also prepared his heart to do. See, he, he didn't stop 
with the seeking part of his life. James says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, here you are at church. I guarantee you, if the devil, and I know the devil is, is alive and well, some of you, I guarantee you, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to make any comments, you don't have to elbow your husband, I guarantee you had a rough time this morning before you came to church. You know why? Because the devil wants to wreck your day, the Lord's day, before you even come to church. I got into my office and there were some emails and, and I, I, pulled, I, I opened up my computer and these, these emails popped up and, and I, I, I shouldn't have, but I started reading one and as soon as I got about a couple lines in, I, I went, click. I don't need that right now. This is Sunday. This is the Lord's day. I don't need that in my heart. I don't need that in my head. I need to focus on the Lord today. And, and when you think about your life, listen, Ezra not only sought the Lord, but notice the second part of his process was he wanted to do that which he was instructed from the principles of the Word of God. Those who knows, know God's truth but don't live it according to the Bible, what are they doing? They're deceiving themselves into thinking that they are mature Christians. And can I tell you, they're just deceiving themselves. Because the people that are around them, they could easily tell them, hey, listen, uh, there's some things in your life. And again, I'm not judging you as a brother or sister in Christ, but, but you know, I don't know if you're as far along in your life as you really think you are. Because we deceive ourselves many times. It's not our words that count, it's our actions. Remember the old saying, actions speak louder than what? Than words. So you, you, we back up. You know, my wife, I could say to my wife a thousand times, I love you. But for seven hours yesterday, I built her a table. Seven hours. I hope that scored me something, you know? And I, I know one thing, she went and got me dinner. They were, nothing else, she knows the way to my heart right there, all right? But listen to what Samuel, does anybody know who Samuel Clemens is? Mark Twain, right? Listen to what he said. It's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand. That's what, that's what Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens, Clemens, here, here's why. Because he knew his lifestyle, the way he was living, what he was doing was not reflecting the teachings of the Word of God. He says, there's some things in my life. He says, look, seeking God is one thing, but he says, I've got to do. I've got to learn, yes, from the Bible. But listen, learning is one thing, living it is another. I've got to live the Bible. Folks, we ought to be a living Bible to those around us, that people can see the Lord working in our lives. That's only going to happen if you're going to be a student of principles. So notice the first process of Ezra's life was to seek the principles, secondly, to do the principles. But notice the third step that Ezra says, he prepared his heart to teach the principles of the Word of God. Now, when, you, when I say it that way, here's what I believe this, this is what Ezra did. As Ezra sought the principles of the Word of God, and then he started to do them in his own life, then here's what happened. God used him to teach others what he was learning. By the way, your life will teach others also by what you do or don't do. It's very important that you understand you're a living testimony to those around you, your family, your co-workers, your friends. And, and understand that God wants us, 
to teach others the things that he has taught us in the Word of God. It is, it is a joy, and listen, this is one of the joys of my life, is to pass along the blessings that God has, has given to me. But can I tell you, listen, as much as I love to share what God's given me from the Word of God, you know what I try to do, and I'll even do it again tonight, is I try to encourage you to pick up the shovel and dig in the Word of God just like I do. Listen, the pastor shouldn't be the only one feeding you spiritually throughout the week. How many times are you at church? Well, if you come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you're here three times in a week. But think of how long the week is. Are you, are you anemic the rest of the week? Or are you picking up the knife and the fork and feeding yourself? See, we've got to be doing that because, look, what can I teach to others that I haven't received myself? That's why Paul was such a wonderful teacher of the Word of God, because he had received so many things by seeking and by doing that he was able to share it with other people also. It's, it's a joy to share things with other people. King Josiah, in his day, he was really troubled about how people were giving no deference to the Word of God in his day, the principles of the Word of God. And he got a real burden for, for God's people in his day. And here's the result. When, when he began to take the word of God and put it in front of the people and share it with the people and teach the people of his day, God sent a revival in Josiah's day that lasted almost the entire time that Josiah was alive. You know what will happen? If you seek God's word, the principles, and you start to do it in your own life, and you start to teach it to other people, you know what might happen? There might be a revival that breaks out in that person's heart. Maybe a revival breaks out in your heart. Look at the Bible, says a great verse, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, and that's an easy way to remember it is 2.2.2, 2, 2, 2, all right? 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, look at this, not something different, the same, what you've heard, what you've witnessed, what God's given to you, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That's a, that's a principle. Look, it, it is, what's that thing that, that uh, you, some of you guys, where you go through uh, like Starbucks and you're there at the window and you pay for the person behind, what's that called? Pay it forward. That's what you need to do with the Bible. Pay it forward. Whatever God's given to you, help the person behind you. Send it on to the, to the next person. Look, what good is the Word of God if we hoard it, if we keep it to ourselves? God wants His Word to be given out liberally. And it's important that we, we teach others. That's what, that's what Ezra did in his day. Teaching and learning must never cease. Hey, look, if you are a parent and you have children, whether they're young or old, we need to be teaching our children. Look what it says in Deuteronomy 4. Only take heed to thyself, keep thy, uh, keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget uh, the things which thou, thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Do you see the emphasis there? It all begins in, in, those, in that verse, verse 9, with my heart with making sure I don't forget, but then it's, hey, then I need to pass it on to my children and my children's children. And we have a responsibility to, to not only seek the principles of the Word of God, but to do the principles, live that out in our lives, 
and then to teach it to other people also. How many of you think that's a pretty good process for all of us as Christians, right? Is to be a student of principles. God's plan is for every generation to influence the next generation. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Our children, guess what? They're our future. I know you look at them sometimes and you think, oh boy, it's going to be an interesting world if they're our future. But you know whose responsibility to teach them is? Ours. And watch this. If we're not teaching them, then who's to blame? We are. See, sometimes I'm in a store and little Johnny is misbehaving. And I just want to get little Johnny and wring his neck. Straight up, boy. What's the matter with you, you know? But then I realized a long time ago, what I need to do is get a hold of his parents and wring their necks because they're the ones not making him behave. See, listen, we need to understand that we need to be students of principles. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I hope you're living a principled life. Now, let me give you the next thought. This is interesting. It's not only student of principles, but student of people. Now, I understand God puts people in our lives, and they're there for a reason. I don't follow people, but I can tell you this. I've learned a lot from people. I've learned some things to do, and I've learned some things not to do. I was telling one of our men yesterday that I'm a Heinz 57 preacher. He says, you, you mean you're like the dog? And I says, no, Heinz 57 means, you know, like if you have a Heinz 57 dog, that means you don't have an idea what breed it is because it's got like 57 different breeds into that one dog. You just look at it, you call it a what? There you go, a mutt. That's what you call it. Tim was trying to describe the dog that he has when we were there, and he was basically the way he was describing that dog that they have. And, and, and you know, in other words, what I was saying to one of our men was, I, I have a little bit of Chuck Holt in me. I have a little bit of Ken DeBose in me. I have a little bit of Jack Caldwell in me. I have a little bit of Clarence Sexton in me. I have a little bit of Paul Chapel in me. And listen, and the reality is, I can't be any of those men. I can only be Dane Keeley. But those men God has used in my life. And I know there's been some people God's used in your life. And understand that as we are students of principles, we also can be a student of people. We can learn from them. God brings them into our lives so we can learn maybe what to do or what not to do. Notice we can learn from people from the past. Now, when we think about this, all of us understand from the scriptures, there's a lot of great illustrations in the Word of God and, and things that we can learn. I was thinking about some this week. How about Jonah? We can learn from Jonah that nothing is too hard for God. I think about Moses where we can learn from him that God will never leave us nor forsake us. I was thinking about Hosea, how we can learn that we can forgive no matter how badly we have been wrong. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul that I mentioned, and we're studying here this morning, how God can use anyone, even those with a past. A lot of people believe that Paul probably murdered 2,000 Christians or had them murdered, and God used the man. I think about David, how, how David killed Uriah and, and how God used him. He's called the sweet psalmist of Israel. I, I think about Ruth in the Old Testament. We can learn from her that there is a kinsman redeemer. There's so many from, from the past that we can learn from. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 
These things were our examples. God's given us the past, those people in our past, we can learn from them. And I know that there has been somebody in your past, whether it's from the scriptures or maybe somebody you've read about, as somebody that's influenced your life, that we can learn from people from the past. But notice we can also learn from people from the present. Well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about people around you right now. Every one of us have a, a, a circle of people around us. Greatness is often unnoticed in its own generation. Do you ever notice that they don't talk about how great someone was until they're dead? Why is that? I mean, the only one I can think about is Wayne Gretzky. He's still alive. They, they call him the great one, you know? The guy chased a plastic puck around on ice, and he's the great one, you know? But listen, there's some great people around you that you can learn from. And we have the benefit when, when somebody is our contemporary, meaning that they're alive while we're alive. And boy, I'll tell you, you talk about a neat study sometime. I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you look in the Bible, you can actually study, especially in the Old Testament, some of the people in the Bible, because some of those people in the early part of the Old Testament lived long lives. I mean, really long lives. Methuselah and some of those guys lived a long... And, and what you don't realize is, if you start to study it out, you, you start to notice, okay, this guy actually was a contemporary of this guy, and you would have never figured that out unless you took the time to realize. And you know what that means? That those guys that were contemporaries of one another in the Old Testament, that means that, that they learned things from each other. And in your life, guess what? I have had so many people in my life that I've learned from those that are around me. And when they are contemporaries of ours, the blessing of that is that we can, we can observe their lives. We can watch them. I don't have to maybe read about or, or, or study a, a, a documentary or something about someone from the past. I can watch their lives now. I can watch how they're living their lives. Are they living a life by the principles of the, of the Word of God? You can watch and learn a lot from our spiritual leaders. Look at Hebrews 13, 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. In other words, their lifestyle, the way they're living their life. He says, hey, hey, watch. Watch to see if their lives match up with their words. Are they one of these people? That's one thing I always appreciate about my pastor was, my pastor didn't just say, hey, look, go soul winning. My pastor went so winning. You could never say to him, hey, look, you're, you're like the Pharisees. You're, you're, you're putting heavy burdens on us, but you yourself are not willing to lift one finger to do what you're asking us to do. But see, when you look at those around you, even spiritual people in your lives, you can watch their life. You can consider the end of their conversation. Paul says this, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now, you know what Paul's saying? Paul's not saying, hey, be a little Paul. That's not what Paul was saying. The word there is an imitator of. And so what Paul was saying is, look, as I'm imitating the Lord, as I'm following the Lord, learn from my life, learn to follow the Lord the way I'm following the Lord. Paul says, I'm not the example. I told somebody a couple days ago, I said, look, people are going to let you down, but God will never let you down. That's why anything I do, look, there are times, yes, where I get disappointed, but, but look, anything I do, I do it 
I do it for the Lord. The Bible says that we, we should do things as unto the Lord. So you know what happens? If I do it, not for a person, if I do it for the Lord, and, it, and, and maybe it doesn't turn out the way that I thought it should, I didn't do it for that person, I did it for the Lord, and the Lord never disappoints me. I hope you understand that this morning, that, that we can learn. Yes, sometimes we can learn what we shouldn't do, but we can learn a whole lot about what we should do. I think in the Bible, I think of, of Daniel. Remember the stellar character that Daniel had in the Bible? How people talked about Daniel and how Daniel prayed to God and Daniel lived a life of principle? The, the, the thought I had this morning is, what are people learning from my life? As people are watching me, I'm serious. I, I, I sat and thought in my office, what are people watching me do? And what are people, years ago, I was, I was a principal, a school administrator up in the state of Maryland. And uh, there was a lady and her husband that had kids in our school. They, boy, you talk about, they had a, a son that was 12th grade. And then they had twin boys that were in third grade. Can you say, whoops, you know? And those two boys, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. They were, they were boys. They were always doing things they shouldn't do and running around and causing this and that and whatever. But, but honestly, they, they, were never, they were never mean. And I remember that one day she came to the school and she says, you know, Mr. Keeley, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay. She said, you know, Sunday, she goes, we got up and we were getting ready to go to church. And she said, as we got up, she said, I got the boys' clothes out like I always do. And she said, I laid them out on their beds and said, you need to get ready, get dressed, and we got to get to church. And she said, the one boy, he wouldn't get dressed. And she said to him, she said, hey, look, there's your clothes. Put them on. We got to get to church. And he says, I don't want to wear that. She's like, okay. And so she picked him up off the bed, went over to the closet, got something out, came, laid it on the bed. And she goes, there's, there, wear that today. And she left and she came back. She was walking by their, their bedroom and he was still not dressed. And she stopped and she kind of snapped at him and said, look, I told you, I don't have time to mess with this. You need to get dressed. We've got to get to church. And he says, I don't want to wear that. And she looked at him and she says, what do you want to wear? Just tell me what you want to wear and I'll get it out. And he walked over to the closet and he pointed up on the left-hand side of the closet. He said, I want to wear that right there. And she looked up in the closet and looked over there and she says, that's what you want to wear? And he goes, yeah. And she goes, okay. She got it out and laid it on his bed. She said, Mr. Keeley, that's the only suit that he has. And he wanted to wear it to church. And she said to him, son, why do you want to wear a suit? And this was going to church, not school. His answer was, because Mr. Keeley wears one. Now, I didn't even know that boy knew I was alive. I didn't know he was watching what I was wearing. And by the way, it's not the clothes. The clothes don't make the person. You know what? God, God spoke volumes to me that day. People are watching me. And the question is, what are they learning? What are they learning from our lives? See, we need to be students of principles. And we need to be students of people. But notice thirdly, and this is, this is important, we need to be a student of the person of God. Student of the person of God. When I see this, I can't think of, look, Paul, Paul wasn't the teacher. You know who the teacher is? The primary teacher of our life is God. 
We need to learn from the Lord. We need to study God's Word and, and allow God to teach us. And one way we can do that is by studying the attributes of God, the things that, that are God, that make God who He is. Notice, first of all, we need to understand and study the attributes of God the Father. Now, there are some terms here. I'll use these. I think you understand these, that, that there are things that belong only to God. For instance, God is omniscient. That means he's all what? He's all-knowing. God is omnipresent. That's an easy one. He's all what? He's everywhere, right? God is, God is, God is uh, what's the other one? Omniscient, um, omnipotent. Yeah, there it is. Omnipotent. He's all what? All-powerful. So listen, we're not all-knowing. We think we are. We're not all-powerful because our, our strength wanes every day, right? And we certainly can't be in Sunday school and be at home in our bed, although we'd like to, okay? So those are attributes that belong only to God. But do you understand there are some attributes that belong to God that God wants those attributes to be in our lives? For instance, notice here some of these attributes. God is love, okay? God is love. So go ahead and put those on there so they can see them. Keep going. There you go. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is what? God is love. So God is love. What's the next one? Put it up there. God is just. Okay, there is no God else beside me. A just God. We need to be a just person. We need to have, we need to have justice as a part of our life. Be fair with other people. God says, look, uh, you should be just. Notice thirdly, God is forgiving, and therefore we should be able to forgive others. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All. See, when we study the attributes of God, we understand God wants these things in our lives. God wants us to have love in our lives. God wants us to be just. God wants us to be forgiving. Notice, fourthly, God is faithful, another attribute of God. So we should be faithful. Notice this verse here. No temptation has taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. God's gonna, he's not going to tempt you above that which you're able, but he'll, with that temptation, make a way that you may be able to escape it. God is faithful to us. Let's be faithful to God. There's many ways we can do that, and we need to understand that by studying the attributes of God. Notice also, God is holy. Here's one that a lot of Christians don't understand. We're supposed to be a holy people. And the Bible says there that in 1 Timothy, be holy for I am holy. God desires for our lives to be a reflection of our God. We say, how, do, how can I do that? By studying the Word of God, by being a student of the person of God, understanding the attributes of God, studying who He is and what He wants us to be, but not only being a student of the attributes of God the Father, but also God the Son. Because as we study Jesus, the Son of God, the Bible says in 1 Peter, it says, Hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, listen to these words, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. See, when we're following the steps of the Savior, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have kind words like he did. We're going to treat people with respect the way that he did. We're going to have devotion in our lives and be willing to sacrifice the way that he did. We're gonna, we're gonna be willing to yield to the will of the Father just like Jesus did. When we study the attributes of Jesus, we'll be just like the Lord Jesus Christ. God will be conforming us. His life teaches us 
that we are to take time to be alone with God. That's what Jesus did when he was on this earth. He spent that necessary time. He responded to temptations in a proper way. And that should teach us when temptations come along in life, how should I respond to this? Notice also we can learn from him how to respond to the lost and this hostile world that we live in. Boy, if there, if there ever was a day that we as Christians need to understand how to respond to those who are indifferent to the things of God, we need to make sure that we have the right responses. Look at Romans 8. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we learn about Jesus from His attributes. We learn about Him from reading His Word. The Word of God, again, transforms us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed. Notice these words now. Paul's writing, he says, we're changed into the same image. So while we're looking in the Word of God, the mirror of the Word of God, and we're seeing the attributes of Jesus, then guess what? We ought to be seeing the, ourselves reflecting Him and who He is, changing into that same image as the songwriter wrote, oh, to be like him. That's the way we need to be, is to be more like, can you imagine what this world would be like if just every person that is a Christian would live more like Jesus? It changed this world. And so as we study the person of God and the attributes, we can study the attributes of God the Father, the attributes of God the Son, the attributes of God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, that he is the comforter, that he will come. He, Jesus said, I will send him unto you. Uh, John 16, 13, he's the spirit of truth that will guide you. Hey, listen, where would we be today without the Holy Spirit guiding us in the truth of the word of God? Uh, as you study these attributes, the Holy Spirit helps us to live for God. Look at Ezekiel wrote, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. See, when we study the attributes of the person of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, it helps us to understand who God wants us to be, those same qualities that we see in them. See, studying the Bible, being a student of the Word of God, it's not confined to a classroom. It's not confined to a Sunday school time frame every Sunday morning. You could study the Word of God every day of your life. And we need to be studying the Word of God. God wants us to be continually learning, continually growing. And the only way we're going to do that is by being a serious student. And here's what a serious student will do. A serious student will make time, schedule time. Maybe you have a time every day that you, you sit down and you open up the Word of God and you study uh, Brother Vaughn's here this morning, and, and I know this. I, I got to know his daughters, his two daughters on the tail end. They were already uh, graduated from school and heading off to college when we got here. But I'll tell you one thing I've learned about Raquel and Michelle. They are students. I mean, they are, they, they are overachievers when it comes to books and studies. But I'll tell you this. One thing I learned to love about them as I got to know them more and more is they not only study 
for their subjects in college, but they study the Word of God. And I know that because I watched their life and I heard the things that they said. And I know that makes uh, him and his wife and his, their grandparents very proud that they are students. And that's what God wants us to do, is to be serious about the Word of God. As God's children, we need to obey the command of God, and that is this, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the Word of truth. Let's make sure we study the Word of God. And I'll tell you this, it's going to bring about an interchange in your life, and it'll help you to be more like who God has intended us to be. Let's pray.